Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Gabe, I, I think the best thing, my, my new favorite thing on Twitter lately is I'm going to tell my kids this is, insert blank here. <laughs> I've, I've, it's like, this stuff happens obviously like pretty frequently. Yes, and this is like the newest format. one. And, and it just happens to be, uh, it, it's, it's really good. What's been, what's been your favorite one so far? And I know this um, is very verbal means. Seeing the the picture of uh, man, who was it? Uh, who was the dude we just talked about it on Twitter today that came out with a really good rap album this year with Snub from Grammys? Young um, Thug. Yeah, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say this one is Neil Armstrong, right? That's what it yeah. was. He's that like, one, no, the, him in the studio saying, "I'm gonna say this is Steve Jobs." <laughs> uh, that was probably one of my favorite ones. Your, yours was definitely top top tier. I would say I, I I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's that's a top tier one. I tried going for it today with uh, the picture of the the gentleman. Uh, oh no, picture of Takashi Six Nine. And say, yeah. I'm gonna tell my kids this is uh, George Sondland. And it, turned, <laughs> it was real good. It, it turned out his name is Gordon Sondland, and I had a bunch of folks like, "Hey, it's Gordon." <laughs> like, all right, Gordon, George, same difference. Um, you gotta love when you do that. But Chris, speaking of boomer stuff, uh, let's. <laughs> I, I, one of the the fun Louisville Twitter things in the past, like 24 hours. I don't know if "fun's" the right word. Uh, there's going to be a basketball game against Western Kentucky uh, next week, right? Yeah. And uh, it's going to be played in Nashville, Louisville versus Western Kentucky. And because Western Kentucky has the rights to this game, uh, it's going to be on Facebook, Chris. And I'm I'm mad about it. I'm madder about it than you are. <laughs> Most yeah, I have real a... first world problems. Um, I don't want to have to watch it on my laptop. I've made a lot of people mad on Twitter this week with two things. Um, the first one was was saying that NC State locker rooms look like DOS High School locker rooms. <laughs> I had a, pretty much their entire coaching staff tweeted me, um, and I'm like, dude, I, j- I just picked a random school. It's nothing against DOS. Yeah, but, you no know, hate, no hate. Or, or, sorry, it wasn't even DOS. It was the cells. Now I'm even further insulting him. So that's great. No. Uh, <laughs> but and then it was then it was the Facebook thing. I. Like, I don't like the platform of saying, you know, we're going to air a game on Facebook. But my whole point was, like, college basketball as a sport is is definitely suffering. Yeah. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to try different ways to to grab different demographics and, you know, make yourself a little bit more marketable. I don't know, like... That that was the perspective I'm looking at it from. When I have to stream a stream a game via Facebook for me with an Apple TV, it's literally pressing a different button. Um, so so it's not a huge issue. I get why people are frustrated, but I'm just like, I don't know. I I, I do applaud a little innovation on that side. I'm not even sure that's what Western was trying to do. No, it could have just think been Western dumb has luck. much to do with it at all. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know. I I think. I just have an issue. It's the number two team in the country, and they should be on TV every single game. I was mad last night. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday just after the Louisville game. I was mad last night that Vermont and Virginia wasn't on television. Like, it wasn't on ACC Network. I don't know. Like, I just feel like this is why we signed the ACC deal, to have every yeah. single game be on TV and be like – like no, well I, brought I, in and the ACC. Well, th- even though this isn't a game that, that they have control over, it's just, it seems like Louisville is still kind of dealing with some of the ticky tack stuff. 
I mean, I feel yeah, terrible I think for that's, Western fans, honestly, more than Louisville fans. I think that's a better argument when you when you kind of put it in that way and saying that it should be on the ACC network because the entire rollout of, of the network to me has been pretty trash. I mean, it's just like small things. Uh, forget about the whole soccer stuff oh God, and, and soccer things stuff. like that. Uh, but just like... Uh, when Louisville plays a basketball game or, or whoever plays a basketball game, you could give me the coach's presser after the game. You don't have to go into storied programs in, in ACC history and air some kind of 30-minute yeah, reality TV don't, show. Don't, like, don't bring don't bring on Dabo Sweeney coaching you know, summer camp for Clemson for the 70th time. Like, yeah, you, can, and I, you can give us a little more background into the teams. I don't know. Maybe that's something that's going to be, I mean, during ACC play, we're going to have a little more of that maybe. But if you're going to go all in sense. on on Clemson and, and Davos winning football, <laughs> then you should go all in on North Carolina, Duke, and Louisville in basketball. No, like, you're oh, right. that, that should be the main platform that you prop up. And they, um, they are doing, I guess, that North Carolina insider thing. But it's just like. I don't know. I, I mean, I know you're like this is even about soccer, but this is literally what you started this network for, for Clemson football, yeah. maybe Florida State football, and then Louisville, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia basketball, and you're blowing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I have my own thoughts in general about how sustainable of a business model that is, but that, <laughs> that's an entirely different podcast. Um, but yeah, man, uh, the, the, the Facebook frustration for me was, was quite funny. I will say that I, I know some people who took it pretty seriously. It was like, it was like a solid three, four hours of literal rage on Twitter. And, um, it was more funny for me than anything. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty hilarious thing, and I mean, we'll all figure it out, I'm sure. But I'm looking forward to the tweets of everyone being upset while it's happening, and uh, <laughs> that'll be a good time. Um, but with that, I think we'll start the show and, and get into talking about this USC Upstate recap and what a fun game that was. So uh, listen for that on the other side. Here's the intro. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. Uh, as mentioned before the, the before the intro, we are recording this on Wednesday, uh, just you know, an hour or so after. Louisville defeated the USC Upstate, I think Spartans, seventy six to fifty. I think Spartans good uh, in a game that Louisville was supposed to romp in and didn't really do so for the first twenty five to thirty minutes, um, but was able to come back and and win by twenty six points. Chris, what what does this game? What was the, what is I don't know if the result really explains the whole game. So like, what are you going to be taking away from this game about this Louisville team? Let's uh let's get the bad stuff out of the way first, and then we can course, end on a positive note, or at least try to. I I think the most concerning thing in this game is Chris Mack talked about it in the post game. He talked about how the defense, for the most part, he thought was pretty good, and I I agree with him. I, I thought there were more concerns on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Players not moving around. Um, it, it seemed like they were pretty lethargic. But he talked about when when USC Upstate made shots that they, they kind of hung their head, and I'm just extremely extremely taken aback when I hear something like that because this is 
one of the most experienced teams in college basketball. And we, we've mm-hmm. set through an entire offseason preaching about toughness and, right. and finishing and, and, and things of that na- nature. So to hear Max say that within the first five minutes of, of his postgame presser, that's what he took away and that's what he thought. That, that, that put off a lot of alarm bells for me. Um, I, I, I think you got to take everything we say about this game, good and bad, with a grain of salt because of the opponent, because of the human nature of, you know, 19 to 20 to 21 year old college students. They know who they're playing. They know that they're a 30 point favorite. Um, so it's not exactly you're going to be ant for playing that game. But in general, um, you know, USC Upstate makes a couple tough shots, and they did make some make a couple tough shots. They made some contestant shots that they probably wouldn't have made all season. But to hear Max say that he thought his players were hanging their head um, after that happened, that, that that that's totally unexcusable for me, um, and it, it really really makes me a, a little concerned if I'm being being honest. No, that's absolutely fair, and I think I think what we learned about this team is that energy is going to be really important. And they're not going to be able to sleep if they can't sleepwalk through playing the 344th team in Ken Palm. They're not going to be able to do so against a Boston College, against a Clemson, uh, against a Pittsburgh throughout this season and an ACC play. They're going to have to bring energy every single night. It was a sleepy environment. The fans didn't really get into it until things sort of really looked in doubt. But once the effort was there, once the energy was there, Louisville was by far the better team, as you would expect. And they played up to those levels. So I I think that this taught us that Louisville is going to have to bring it every single night. They don't have a cruise at this point. They don't have a cruise control that can get them by these periods. But I think it almost not. I, I feel like I say this a lot when bad things happen that end up being okay for Louisville basketball teams is that I'm kind of glad we got to saw this because I don't want to ever feel yeah. like Louisville's playing their best basketball in November. And up until this yeah. point, they were playing out of their freaking minds. And they were able to, you know, weather the storm of a bad 25 minutes and still get to, you know, a three-point percentage. You know, they shot 42%, 42.9% of the night, just shy of their 44% average of the season. They still shot 50.9% or uh, 50.9% of the game. Um, from the field every game so far and, and you know been over 50 percent for every game so far they still were able to you know to rack up 40 rebounds um which was fantastic um i agree with chris mack i thought you know his whole kind of spiel was really good and that you know i didn't feel as defensively and I, I i sort of said that at halftime and had some people disagree with me you know i think a lot of the shots that that upstate was making were were kind of fadeaway threes were threes you know you know prayers at the very end of the shot clock yeah they maybe didn't have a guy right in front of their face but they had someone come closing out pretty well and i don't think they were getting a ton of 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 wide open looks and never felt like that to me and even still this is a team that came into louisville you know shooting 25 percent from three as a team so if you yeah. leave them wide open a few times, I, I I think you can live with that, knowing what they've been what they've done. Um, I was very encouraged by the response. I mean, Jordan Wara is, you know, I don't know if he's going to be all ACC at the end of the season or the ACC Player of the Year, but he sure as hell has looked like it in, in the first five games, and and he's been the same again. Um, I liked seeing McMahon bounce back after having those four turnovers. Uh, you know, pretty much in the first, just about the first half, even though he had one sort of at the beginning of the second, um, he bounced back and was able to, to, you know, to make a major impact in this game. 
And uh, it was good seeing the guys like William, you know, both Williams, both Malik and um, and then David Johnson. So that that was good to see from them as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought a lot about last season, the at Pittsburgh game, um, where where Louisville kind of got knocked on their heels. Their guards were penetrating; they were hitting a lot of tough shots, mm-hmm. and Louisville kind of just rode into a ball. Yeah. Um, th- this was a pretty different circumstance, obviously, given the opponent. Um, but it it made me harken back to like, hey, it, it's good to see Louisville get this experience of, right. of teams teams hitting tough shots against them to see how they react because there's a lot of teams that are going to hit tough shots against them. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I really I, I've talked about this a little bit, and the thing that I I think this team is missing, and it's something that they can totally get um, pretty I, I think pretty easily, but I think they're missing a second alpha dog character sans Dwayne Sutton and I really wanted to to, to be Stephen Enoch today um I I wanted to see him demanding the ball and really really trying to go after his his offensive advantage that he had because he had a clear size advantage and I didn't see a lot of that um so th- that was another thing that made me you know uh, kind of a little bit hesitant again it's the opponent. Um, it is what it is. But if I'm if I'm nitpicking, I, I think that Lovell's put themselves in the position number two ranking. I, I think they put themselves in the position to get a little bit nitpicked. And, and you know, of Mac course, even talked about it at the end of the game. Um, he wants to see that from Stephen Enoch. When you, when you have a clear advantage, demand the ball, get the ball, score, and dominate the player that you, you know you're clearly better than. Um, I don't know. You know, back to what you said, Jordan Moore, obviously, 28 points. It seemed like he was hunting a shot a little bit early on, um, but he kind of settled down. Yeah. Um, so, so that's good to see. Uh, it, it was it was fine to see Louisville, Louisville reacted in a positive way, but it, it was definitely nothing that you expected to go so late. Um, it, you expected it to be a little bit easier, but I'm with you. I, I, yeah. I do like getting getting this test. Yeah. I, I, it's just so hard to analyze this game because there's so many variables. There's so many um, variables. I think, you know, to kind of answer your, your, um, to your Sutton, who's going to be the second kind of junkyard dog on this team. I wonder if it's going to be Williams. I mean, he played just five minutes, had three rebounds, um, you know, had a steal. He, 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 he seemed to have an impact even in that small bit he had, and it'll take some time for him to get the rest off. But like that play where he had that had the steal, and then went for the basket. I was like, yeah. that was just awesome. And that's you, something I mean, you, Louisville's you, going to need. You'd agree with me that Louisville needs another one of those guys. Oh, no they question. Need, they, 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 they're, still, they're still a little edge. There's something a little and missing Chris that, 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 that I'm looking well. for. He said he wishes, you know, uh, something to the effect, I think Lucas Albach tweeted it out the best, where it was like uh, that working hard or hard work is a skill. That, yeah. that, that that not everyone on this team fully understands yet. And I don't know what percentage of that is coach speak. I think a decent amount is because I think this team knows how to work hard when it when when the chips are down. I mean, they did it tonight. They're going to have to do it against much better teams. Um, I don't know. I, I think this is this was sort of the best case. Yeah, okay, if you had money on Louisville to, to beat the spread, you're a little bit upset tonight. But I think this was the best case scenario for a really bad team scares Louisville and they're able to yeah. make out with a 26-point victory. Uh, you're not like that's yeah it's sort of a oh that that was that was kind of dicey there for a second and you clenched for a little bit but I think you feel generally good at the end of it as well they fight face some adversity before they really got to face some adversity and and this was a team that they could overcome that easily 
so we'll talk about Darius Perry in just a second and, and a few other things, but it, it was something we spoke about before the season. It, it was something along the effect of what do you feel the best about this team and what's your biggest question mark? Have the, what, is, what is your biggest question mark right now with this team? Oh, man. Um, I think is I, I think my question is still if Nor if Waro is is cold is the team cold because I think yeah. you sort of saw that at some points you saw War be cold you saw um, you saw McMahon come off the court because he had turned the ball over so many times and it sort of felt like the team was uh, you, you, it, we we talked about it on Twitter a little bit that the announcer was like oh it looks like Louisville sort of pressing when it felt like it was the exact opposite. It felt like they were playing pass around <laughs> around the, the, the arc. I, I thought that was a ridiculous comment. And and even like the color commentators like, well, their their offense is really based on movement, so I'm kind of hoping to see a little more movement from them. And they kind of were just playing pass around around the corner. And and that's something Mac talked a lot about last season and talked to, has talked a little bit about since. I think in relation to the uh, I think it was the Bellerman game that the team sort of liked to pass around a circle. You know, you you. Um, and, and they did that at some points, and it took some energy. It took a few turnovers. It took a few deflections, to, to bounces to go their way for them to really wake up. But that's going to be my concern is in January in ACC play, if no one's making shots, what's going to happen? Are they going to pass yeah. the ball around, or are they going to, you know, to try something new? Are they going to try a new kind of offense, or who's going to take the reins? I think we have sort of thought it was going to be Samuel Williamson, he didn't super do that tonight. Um, you know, he only has. Seems four like just just kind of throwing this out there to me. He kind of seems like a guy that's going to play really good when the lights shine, and he's just going to be another guy when the yes. lights are not very bright. Yeah, that that might that 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 tracks for me. I mean, he was two for seven tonight. He wasn't great. Um, oh for three from three. So uh, you know, if it's yeah. not hitting, it's not hitting for him. It seems like. Um, I was really intrigued by David Johnson and what he did, even though he only had two buckets and they were dunks, you know, like if he's going to be the guy who's going to play point guard, quote unquote, if he was supposed to be playing point guard all summer and all he did was dunk, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I guess this is kind of, you don't really want to take a whole lot from this because it's his first game. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize he was as tall as he was. Yeah. Like he showed up on the court and was like, holy crap, he's almost as tall as Jordan Warren. What's he listening at? think like six two six three i was gonna say six two by just looking at him but you know it's probably six three if you look six two I'll, and he's I'll, probably actually six I'll two pull it up real quick um, I, I think just while you're doing that my my biggest thing going of forward, course he's not well, on here yet because they haven't updated <laughs> it's like two things I, I think i'm interested in what the line is for ryan man hurting this team and, and helping this team and when when, when it, when i just made it, a like, face listeners i just made a face <laughs> I can't talk about Ryan. No, man, but like, it was, he, how many threes did he hit tonight? Five. So he was absolutely outstanding in a lot of assets. But he was bad early. The ball. I mean, he was bad yeah. early. I, I I think he started 0, 0 for 3 or maybe 1 for 4. Right. And um, uh, David Johnson listed at 6'5", Chris. Okay. That's a little tall. I'm I'm going to guess he's 6'3", 6'4". Yeah, I mean, he's, if, he's if definitely not 6'5", he's 6'3". Like David Johnson, I don't think he'd be 6'5". But well, that's I, how they're I, I, I know this stat because I love looking at box scores, but I know that every 6'3 or taller player, guard player that's played Kentucky has scored in double digits this season. 
Um, so we'll that, that's something to think to. about. <laughs> but, uh, but no, Ryan McMahon, because I, I think this is sort of one of those things where if the so the line the line is different than it was last year. Right. He misses he misses misses his first three three threes. He's out of the game yeah. and probably going to play five to six minutes. It's not. The, he he has reins that are loosened. He can play through those mistakes a little bit more because of the improvements he's shown on the offensive side and the defensive side, for that matter. He's been able. He, Chris Lakes he guarded him. He played well against him. That's a pretty high quality ACC offensive player, even though he's very short. Right. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. But I'm just curious where that line is because the, the thing that cannot happen is the four turnovers. He well, can he's he can never have been an great off- at, at at ball handling. He's yeah. never been great. I mean, so far this season, he's got a 16.4% turnover rate, which is good. He didn't turn the ball over at all against Miami, so quote-unquote leads the ACC in turnover percentage in conference games, but that's, that yeah. doesn't count. Um, it, last season, he was 19.2% turnover rate, 21% in conference. He was 20% turnover rate in 2018 and then 24% in conference games. And his freshman season, he was 16.4% and 17.4% in conference games. So he's never been excellent at it. He's never been ranked. He's actually never been ranked nationally in Ken yeah. Palm at, at turnover percentage. So I, so guess I think I'm that's an issue. That's always I, – and I don't know if, if Mac is ready to kind of just live with it or – Yeah, I guess that's what I'm kind of saying, like – I feel like this season he's he's been able to add more value to the floor than just a shot making, so he can play through a bad shooting night. He couldn't do that in the past because he's a good passer. Right. He's he's developed into a good defender. I, I think more for his passing, he can stay on the floor. But the turnover thing, I, it's it's hard to justify that when he's having an off shooting night and he's committing turnovers. Um, and that can kind of just lead us right into this 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 guard discussion really quickly um, on mcmahon he missed his first one his first three made his second and third three and then didn't take okay so he actually went three for four to start which is kind okay. of wild yeah yeah okay. and then after that he that's that, yeah, that he missed, missed like three in a row so yeah okay but yeah okay we can talk it, about guards i'm sorry i just wanted to get that clear because i knew someone no, you're was good it's just something. suddenly this 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 guard um this you know, backcourt's becoming pretty crowded. And it it seems pretty obvious to me that between Fresh Kimball, Ryman Mann, David Johnson, and Darius Perry, there's going to be some guy who's left out. And I look at it and I'm like, okay, Mac made those comments at the end of NC Central talking about how he's going to essentially uh, allow, cater the game plan to Darius Perry's style. He's going to allow him to press a little bit more to play some of that mm-hmm. three-quarter pressure. So that, to me, says that he trusts Darius Perry enough to cater a specific game plan to me. To me, that quote spoke volumes. Um, he didn't do that tonight, which I was a little surprised, but I, I do think that's coming. Um, Fresh Kimball's a guy who I say, you know, you don't come here if you don't have some type of, maybe not assurance of playing time, but some realistic thinking that you're going to play. But then at the same time, David Johnson's been pretty much annoyed it and saying that he's only going to play point guard. That's all he's been practicing. And then you have Ryan McMahon, who's pretty much hit every shot he's took to start the season. So I, I don't know what happens here. Yeah, it's very interesting just to go through. And you had some stats on Perry that he's probably, he's leading, leading the ACC in assists at this point. 
He's 24th in the country in assist rate. I don't think that all the stats from USC Upstate are up. Um, no, they're not. But I mean, he he was excellent tonight. What he had he had zero turnovers, eight assists. Um, excuse me, nine assists, uh, one steal, only one personal foul. Uh, he wasn't excellent f- shooting. You know, he only had three points that one three and was zero for three from the, the two point field goal. Um, but he was, I mean, outside of that, he was, he was pretty good. I mean, he produced, you know, produced 9.2 points. Um, he was on the floor for half the, you know, 55% of the time. Um, yeah, man. I mean, he's just, he, he, he's, he's been what you've needed in terms of a playmaking point guard. I think he sees the court better than anyone we've seen so far. I, I mean, we haven't really gotten to see that from David Johnson from, um, yeah, from David Johnson and yeah, fresh is sort of, you know, settling in still, but I haven't seen the type of, I, there's, there's at least two or three times a game where, where Perry and I admittedly I'm biased. I'm a huge, you know, huge Perry fans here, but I, there's two or three times a game where I'm legitimately like, wow, that was a great pass from Darius Perry. And I think yeah. that fresh Kimball is serviceable and makes good passes, but Man, like there's the there it was like the second or third possession where Perry found an open Nora streaking, and I was like, only one person on the team makes that pass, and it's mm-hmm. Darius Perry. And, and I, I and mean, I, I feel, I feel like, like, like he's two or three times that happens a game. I feel like he's pretty locked in uh, at this point to you know getting the playing time. He's going to continue getting it. I think Mac trusts him which is kind of crazy to say, um, but he's had nothing but positive things to say. And I, I guess what I'm getting to is, what do you think happens here? Who Who is the odd man out? Because, like, I'm a little, this is kind of a bit of a sad, I'm a little still surprised that, that Josh Nickelberry didn't get redshirted over Jayla Withers. Because to me, that seems like a no-brainer at this point. I mean, Josh Nickelberry's not going to play. Jalen Weathers could have got, you know, four to five minutes in a type of rotation situation because he's a power forward just simply getting on the floor because they need a big body in, in certain situations. But that's neither here nor there. I wonder if that's but, a guard situation, if that's a – I don't I don't really know how, you know, healthy David Johnson – you know, I don't know 100% what I'm getting with David Johnson when I come back, so I need a four yeah. guard type of situation. Yeah. Um, I guess, man. Um, it, it just I – don't, I don't know. I don't know. I could also see kind of Nickelberry kind of being like – coming in and 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 putting up seven nine in in a in an effort in an acc game i i, I don't see that at all okay <laughs> I, I don't know i mean i don't I, like i i don't know okay but i guess like what i what i'm kind of getting to here kind of dancing around it is who do you think it's gonna work itself out eventually but who do you think's gonna have the most pressure on him to kind of perform in these next few games while that rotation is getting shortened. I, cause I, I think I look at it and I say it's between Kibble and it's between David Johnson. Um, who's going to be that second man in that rotation, getting the bulk of the minutes. And I'm, I'm really curious to kind of see that, that, that to go to head to head. I honestly, I almost wonder if our dream, I, I I'm ready to almost put to bed our dream of Samuel Williamson playing this playing <laughs> yeah I, i'm ready to i'm ready you know it's really early but i'm I, i'm preparing i'm preparing the eulogy for that dream because i don't it's, it, a, it's very a long sad season day. it's a long season but i just don't see it happening because i think they're gonna need i think they're gonna need all four of those guys to play guard you know and i yeah. don't see williamson 
especially especially if Sutton plays the way he does and Wara plays the way he does. And I just I don't I don't know. I think someone's it could be Williamson who's the guy that's hurt. I don't know if one of the guards is gonna get hurt time wise, if that makes sense. But it, if that's not gonna happen, you still gotta think you gotta find ways for Dwayne Sutton, Jordan Wara, and and Sam Williamson to ha- be on the floor together. And in maybe spurts. it's I mean, that small ball lineup that they've tried. Yeah, on. you know, yeah. maybe that's maybe that's the play. It's just man, there's they've it, run that lineup it, about fifteen percent of the time. We're just five games into the season, and I feel like I have no idea still of, of how the rotations are going to go which because is, there's so many different fine. directions are going like to go. We, it's fun. Like, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I, it gives us things to talk about. It gives us things to talk about. But Perry, I mean, God, I, I don't know. I, I think I need to see a little bit. I need to see more from David from David Johnson. I was genu- genuinely taken aback when I saw how tall he was. I was yeah. just like, whoa. Like, okay. <laughs> I didn't and you're like maybe Jody Dimlin was right. Maybe he's a starter. Maybe he's a starter. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see on that one. Um, on to the next one. Um, I think that's about all we can we can say about USC upstate. <laughs> I don't know if you had any other general basketball. Well, thoughts, I was gonna but, I was know. gonna come in here and be like, wow, USC basketball is really USC upstate's really bad. <laughs> And they're, not. they're they're still really bad at basketball. I will say that Akron beat them by thirty one. Yeah, Akron so. beat them by thirty one, and then also uh, North Carolina Central beat them as well by like ten, fifteen. Yeah, we were that behind. So um, here's here's one more question maybe. for you because we've talked. I, I don't want to talk about Kentucky, but if there's a game that will, what's the game you think? Let's not let's not count Texas Tech or Michigan. What's the game you think Louisville is has the biggest chance of losing between now and Kentucky? Uh, let me pull up the schedule. And or do you still believe that Louisville will be undefeated when they get to Kentucky? Yeah, I don't think Louisville is losing before Kentucky. To be honest with you, um, Pittsburgh doesn't scare me whatsoever. It's Pittsburgh at I, home. Yeah, I, I I just I, I think Pittsburgh is kind of in that weird place to where they need to take a step forward, but they may have kind of maximized their potential with with their current like group of guys. I do think they're getting. The, I mean, the program obviously itself is is kind of rising. I think they could sniff an NCAA tournament bid this year. Jeff, um, Cap- the but, fighting Jeff Capels. No, I mean they're definitely doing good things there. It's yeah, quite no obvious, question. but. Uh, they just don't scare me to to beat Louisville. I would say Western scares me more than Pittsburgh does. I think that um, Western you, game kind of scares me. That's like a, I could see a bunch of Western fans showing up. I could see Bassey just like gobbling everyone up. That's what I was gonna say because you have a you have a talented big man, and Louisville's not gonna face many teams that have they, that they have. good of a big guy. Well, yeah, they they may not have the most talented big man on the floor in that game, and that's that's going to be extremely rare. They might not see that throughout ACC play. Um, the Notre Dame game, um, their big man, his name's escaping me. He's pretty talented as well. John Mooney is that is that it? Um, but yeah, outside so. outside of that, I, I don't think they'll, they'll see a big man as good as him. Um, maybe Diakite, but I don't really look at him and say he's a big. Um, but yeah, I, I think that game would scare me the most. Um, Texas Tech, I, I think, is the best team outside of that group. I think they're really good. I think Malik Williams would be a very valuable asset in that game. Um, but yeah, Western I, I kind of sweat out 
Eastern Kentucky. They only won by eight points in Eastern Kentucky's 260th in Ken Palm. I guess they didn't really sweat it out, but... That that Eastern Kentucky game, you should literally, Chris Mack should just be like, okay, Darius Perry, go be old Darius Perry, because Eastern Kentucky plays the fastest tempo in college basketball, and I just want to see Darius just be vintage Darius Perry just for Out a of game. Control, just so Darius can, Perry. <laughs> just so he can have fun. <laughs> Out of control, Darius Perry. Um, one last thing. I, I, I was just reminded of something. You brought up in a tweet uh, – that Louisville had its worst half, and coincidentally, USC Upstate played the zone. Yeah. What did you make of that? Do you think that's team that if you were an opposing coach, do you just suddenly start playing a ton of zone? I would definitely give Louisville more zone looks until they prove they can beat it. Um, especially when they played Syracuse last season. Um, and I, I said, I said before the season, I think that Louisville will continue to have struggles against Syracuse because, my goodness, I haven't seen a a team look that dysfunctional against the zone that Louisville looked against Syracuse last year in a little while. Um, I mean, Louisville kind of adjusted to it. Maybe that's the quality of the opponent or, or maybe that's because they've improved. But in those type of situations, I, I think I tweeted it by a uh, daggone box scores, uh, yeah. a guy who runs a really cool North Carolina website. In those type of situations, when you have a guy that's like a quick big man like Malik Williams that can kind of flash to the high post. He really needs to like be on the floor and do that to kind of be that zone beater. Well, it was funny because they sort of did, they did what exactly they did against Syracuse where they had, uh, they had Sutton flash that high post yeah, and then just kind of turn around and try and do something. And I was like, didn't we try this against Syracuse (laughs) for 40 minutes? He shouldn't be like garbage. (laughs) And it was also funny that I, I, you know, maybe this isn't, there's not much validity to it or not. There could be. But Mac told Paul Rogers in the post game that he was planning on pay, playing David Johnson, but he wasn't planning on playing Malik Williams, but decided to as the game went on. Interesting. So I, 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 I do wonder if he's like, yo, we need you to come in and, and kind of help break down the zone. And I mean, he didn't really do that. He played five minutes and honestly looked pretty winded um, throughout. I, I think he was quite rusty. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think Wolf is going to see a lot of it going forward. Calipari is not going to play it because Car- Calipari has the hard-headed mentality of Rupertino, um to, to where you couldn't get Rupertino out of the zone. You're not going to get Calipari to go into a zone. Um, it, it, yeah. It's going to take quite a lot. But I think you'll see it against, you know, Western. Akron will probably play it some now. I could definitely see Pittsburgh playing it. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what Michigan runs. I haven't seen enough of them. Um, Texas Tech's not going to run it. They're not going to get out of their system. But some of those other teams, I definitely think they'll Okay, they'll, but they'll throw how do you and... think Lynn Bowden Jr. is going to match up against <laughs> yeah. Jordan Wara? Real Well, I thought about question. that. I, I, I don't think he's actually going to play. Like, if they're going to bring one of those football players on, it's going to have to be after the bowl game, right? Right. And that might be, like, one of the years where uh, Louisville has the advantage of the bowl game being really close to the Kentucky-Louisville game. So even if they do bring on one of those players... Josh um, Chichester all over again. <laughs> dude, man, that was awesome. Kentucky does have, like, it's not Bowden, but they have a guy that played for Iowa. He played for the Iowa basketball team that's playing on oh, the football yeah, team. Oh, yeah, isn't now. he, like, the tight end? Yeah, yeah, I think... I, I, I really don't know his name, and my apologies. I'm sure someone. Um, I'm sure someone will mention it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's hilarious. That's not going to happen, but I'd be, it'd be hilarious if Lynn Bowden played. I think Kentucky's in trouble, man. (laughs) I can't talk about that yet. We can't talk about that yet. We'll get there.
do you mean to tell me, Chris, that when EJ Washington, EJ, EJ Montgomery returns to this team, he's not going to suddenly be PJ Washington? <laughs> Is that what you mean to tell me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, one quick thing before we move on to the next cards related thing. Um, sad news. Uh, did you see the tweet that went around that was like captioned this and it was like a guy talk uh, a Mexican guy <laughs> yes, talking about Mexican girl. That. Um, she deleted the tweet it's hmm. gone devastating we'll have to find that I feel like that would be a good um, good like deep dive and to find out how she's handling this newfound fame and maybe it was something quite serious uh, maybe maybe it was something quite was. serious that her uh her friend, who's a man, was telling Oh, man, dude, these these Apple ads. I, I got to get the, the iPhone 11 Pro. It is such a... I am, like, I am not a technology guy, but okay. Apple does it to me every time when when those commercials come on the TV. They, they make me want to buy something. It's pretty sad, honestly. It's, they're good at it, man. They're good. They're, there's a reason why they're good at it. Um, during the basketball game, the seniors came out to celebrate their... Uh, their bowl eligibleness. And of course, Louisville was able to secure bowl eligibility in, in just a weird game against North Carolina state. Um, I don't have the score in front of me and I'm, I'm honestly not going to look it up because I don't think that that game is the important part. And I don't know if you want to hear about the game anymore. Um, <laughs> I just want to talk about bowl eligibility. Cause I think that's honestly important. And I don't recall exactly what we said. I think you and I maybe said four or five wins or three wins going into this season for Louisville. My expectations were probably lower than that, to be quite honest with you. I I think we're being positive. I just like I didn't see six wins. So I'm going to ask you on a scale of one to ten, Chris, how big of an achievement is getting ball eligibility this season to you? We talked about it on the podcast. They've it's been a weird way to get there, so I would say it's a seven. But man, that feels like an understatement. <laughs> like because yeah. uh, we talked about at the beginning of the season how like if they got to a bowl game, you know, build Scott Satterfield a statue and and things like that. But I don't know. At some point, it seemed like the achievement was a little lessened. I I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it's it's awesome. They're in a bowl game. It's pretty freaking remarkable that they've done it. But I, I think at some point it, it kind of occurred to me just how bad of a coach that Bobby Petrino was. Like I, yeah. I, I think if you think if you took this talent and you took like very average like baseline coaching, that average baseline coaching may get to, them to like four wins. So Scott Satterfield, in my mind, is good for you know maybe hell maybe four wins. We'll see what happens. But I, I, I think this team wasn't as bad as we thought. But they weren't. They're not as good as they played either. So it's somewhere in the middle there. I think. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was gonna go with. I was between seven and eight. I'm leaning eight just because I think. I I think when you when you're able to when you're able to have that big of a jump between seasons, you're able to kind of, you know put the put the car into you know high gear in terms of what the rebuild looks like because it's one thing if you you know to make the bowl after such a terrible historically bad season you're just able to go around and be like hey you know this is what's happening here don't you want to be a part of it it increases the excitement you know a considerable amount and i think Louisville's doing you know not just Satterfield but i think you know the administration which we're going to talk about here in a minute 
is doing everything they can to energize the fan base around this team and really kind of, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, we're not, I'm definitely not a big football recruiting person. I'm barely a basketball recruiting person, but it does seem like they have some momentum and they're going to be able to capitalize on the fact that Florida state is going to go through some changes and yeah, that, that, that's the big, thing. that's the big thing. It seems like they're going to be able to nab some, some kids because of that, especially to close this class out and get some guys. And, 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 you know, it seems like they've recruited well in the front seven, which is to me been the biggest issue in this team. And I think, I think it's big. I think it's closer to an eight than a seven, just because of what it means for the next three years. I yeah. think they're just going to be able to reload quicker take momentum into next season, uh, a higher bit of momentum. Next season is not going to be about making a bowl. This season to me felt like, okay, we're going to, we're going to play hard for 12 games. Now yeah, this season, it, it, now this season is we made a bowl. Next season is let's make a better bowl or challenge it, for, you know, hell, I mean, challenge for, you know, try and beat Clemson next season. It's just kind of funny to me, like that that Vince Tower the day that Scott Satterfield is hired kind of comes out and says we expect to be hunting a bow and, and now you get to a bow game and it's like oh my gosh Scott Satterfield did the the most incredible coaching job ever like I get that some of that is hyperbole and some of that is coach speak but you know Louisville's benefited from the ACC being pretty bad. Yeah, of course. Um, th- there's no denying that. But there's no denying that Scott Satterfield has done a great job. I I, I just think, like, I- I'm still at shock for how much talent it is very clear that this this offense has. I think Des Fitzpatrick is a guy that's going to be an NFL player. Mekhi Becton's an NFL player. I think Javion Hawkins probably has a chance to play in the NFL. Um, there may be somebody in there. I don't know about 2-2 with his size, but there's clearly enough like high-level talent that it, it, it's still just so astonishing to me how bad the wheels fell off for Bobby Petrino. And I don't know like how long it's going to take to rid me of that feeling of shockness, but it's, it's still just not over. Um, I think as long think, as Lamar Jackson is relevant, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk. I mean, the Satterfield contract thing seems just to be like, it's a thing that, that Tim Sullivan wrote about. And yeah, it seems Tim like Sullivan's a, article just came out um, not too long ago. Of uh, the, the headline says, Louisville football's already talking about extending coach Scott Satterfield's contract. Um, he spoke with Vince Tyree, who said Monday he's already started exploring the extension of the initial six-year contract, and that process took place long before the cards attained bowl eligibility on Saturday at North Carolina State. Quote, he knows where I want to go with him and our staff longer term, Tyra said. So we've already had preliminary discussions, but this was before we, the season started. I felt like I've they've got to know you're invested in them, and I think we've seen enough at that time to know that we had the right guys. So that, that's kind of incredible if you yeah. like, really read that. That he's mm-hmm. saying, oh, we wanted to extend them before the season started? <laughs> I don't know how much I exactly believe I don't know that, how much of that I believe. I, I think one of the most impressive things <laughs> about Satterfield has been the cohesiveness like amongst his staff. Oh, yeah. There's some really good coaches on this staff. Um, Dwayne Lefford's probably going to be a head coach someday. Um, and yeah, they I don't know if just... it's going to be this season, this coming off season. I, I almost feel like he wants another season under his belt as an OC yeah. or two. And that he does seem like the type of guy is going to leave. I almost like not to be this person, but 
I'm glad Brian Brown's defense hasn't been like incredible because he seems like the guy who is the biggest rising star coming in. He has a very solid track record at Appalachian State of, of pretty talented defenses. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, you know, I'm very interested in seeing how he does next season, but I think we're going to get another And you got Gunnar Brewer, our guy. <laughs> I mean, I think I think, uh, I think think he's sticking around for a little bit. I don't think he's interested in being a professional coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or uh, a head coach, excuse me. So we'll, we'll see about that. But, no, I, I think it is interesting. I Everyone's kind of mentioned it. In terms of this, you know, rapport, it was a big part of that documentary that came out. So I'm, you know, I'm super excited for kind of where they, things are going. I don't know if, I don't know, there's, I, 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 I don't remember where it was. And I was trying to find it earlier today. An article I read, it's like the track record of like extending a guy after his first year is not excellent. It's like not. Je- a- Jeff Brom's a pretty solid example. <laughs> um, let, let, let's be honest. But yeah, so I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting. I, I don't think I don't think Satterfield is suddenly gonna you know kaput, but I don't know. I, I I'm not. He's on, already on, on principle. For six years. Yeah, I mean, on principle, I'm not really one of those guys who wants someone to be extended after um, <laughs> after his first season. I, I know it's a little bit different because Chris Matt got like a five or six year deal. Yeah, but. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think there's been any contract negotiations after he made the NCAA tournament last year. I'm pretty yeah. sure I haven't seen anything. So I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's kind of a function of reality um, in college football that there's always teams hiring. Um, this cycle is going to be, you know, pretty busy with Florida State. Probably going to cause a bit of a domino effect. Arkansas's got a vacancy too. There's probably going to be well, they're hiring know, by Petrino, so I mean, <laughs> that's going to be fixed, right? <laughs> But, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of it. They decide to um, give him an extension after one year, but it's nothing that you can really fight very strongly. Either. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels more like a PR thing and that more than anything, which kind of goes into, I think, what we were going to talk about next, which is uh, the school, you know, subsidizing tickets. I think they're going to pay 30% is what they said of each fan's yeah. bowl seats, which is just a nuts deal. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's pretty deep. wild. Dude. It's pretty wild. It's not something, it doesn't seem to be something that happens a whole lot outside of student populations. So that's pretty fascinating to me. And I think it kind of just goes hand in hand with Ty, where he just wants to keep, he knows that this fan base, especially football wise, takes, you know, takes a little bit of pushing to get engaged, um, on, on, you know, for better, or for worse. I mean, they're as passionate as anyone in the country, but you know, I think you can probably agree with me, Chris. There's probably 20 to 25 diehard football fans, and the rest will kind of come and go as the team yeah. forms. So, you know, giving them reasons to go is is in, is important and interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I think you'll see Lowell doing different things throughout the postseason to kind of just generate that excitement. Um, it kind of goes into you know, everything from a PR standpoint, whether it's the, the social media videos or, you know, doing the thing at the dirt bowl, different things like that. Louisville's been ch- checked all the boxes in that. And that's just kind of another win. Um, I, I see you have the question about kind of where you want to go on here for me. Like I, I've seen people get all very excited about the possible matchup of, of playing maybe Cincinnati and kind of yeah, reigniting. I the, think the, that the, was the, like kind of the most positive feedback. I, I like, I hear that and I get that, but I, I think from, like, what smashed. is the most... 
what is the most yeah what is the most beneficial would be Louisville against Tennessee in the music video music city bowl a game they could totally win um in, in a game that's going to generate you some semblance of respect because you're going to play an ACC SEC team um that to me no brainer out of the ones that I've seen so far um that would be number one yeah I I, I completely get what you're saying in terms of um of wanting to play Tennessee. I, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think I would be pretty, you know, pretty stoked for, um, you know, playing Cincinnati, even though we'd get, you know, tossed. I don't know. That's just, that's just me. I sort of have like a, you know, a passing kind of love for, for having, you know, having that rivalry done. I haven't really checked what the latest bowl projections are for this week. I saw a Washington State one that got thrown out. Ooh. Washington State in the Sun Bowl. That would be all types of fun, and you could definitely sign me up for that one. Here, I, 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 I actually, I think. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I think Louisville still has the opportunity to put themselves in position to go to Belk Bowl, um, and I'm not future, sure the future RIP Belk Bowl. Yeah. Rest in peace to the Belk Rest Bowl, in peace. Man. The Belk Seriously. Bowl is not going to be the Belk Bowl after this season, folks. So. But do you just have some, do you have him up now? And we can just throw him out there, I guess, if you want well, to. Well, I have I have Brett McMurphy's. He said he still says the military bowl between Louisville and Cincinnati. I don't even know where the military bowl is. I think that's in San Diego. Oh, I thought it was somewhere in the northeast. That's in Washington, DC. I'm sorry. Or Annapolis. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Okay. So I have a bunch of them here. Um ESPN has Louisville, Arizona State, and the Sun Bowl. I no, want, let me tell you right now, I have no interest in the Sun Bowl. Never. <laughs> I don't want to go to El Paso, I, Texas. A, I'm not going to go to El Paso. B, I just, I've never really, I've never really understood. Did, haven't they been there not too long ago? Sun, but they went at some point in the 90s, I believe. Go ahead. Next one. Um, or So, Louisville Navy. Um, I, I think Louisville would get housed by Navy, to be completely Which honest ball, with though? you. Um, it, it's the military bow, which would also okay. be pretty yeah, funny to play out on Navy. That. Definitely out on yeah. the house by Navy. And then Louisville Cincinnati is one we already discussed. Um, Louisville Illinois, uh, the pinstripe bow in Yankee Stadium, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be cool. Um, I saw a bunch a of lot- stuff. Is the uh, is the Camping World Bowl on there at all? I'm Someone not posted it. on one of the one of the insiders posted on one of the local boards that. The uh, that the Camping World Bowl committee is very quote unquote very interested in Louisville. I wonder what they're tying this because I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing we multiple played Louisville, there. Louisville I don't Navy. Who we played in that bowl? Like two, not the year because th- that's in the Orlando Stadium, and Louisville's played in the Camping World Bowl, but also the Citrus Bowl, and then yeah. the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, uh, yep. which have all been in that stadium in the past four or five years. It gets hella confusing. It gets so confusing, so and they've changed it like four times. Yeah. Um, so I've heard that well, that's a deal. Not to be so, this person, but it's like, it's still not out of the question that Louisville doesn't make the. I mean, Louisville makes the the um, the Orange Bowl because the Orange Bowl yeah, committee that, can that's still, still a select thing, Louisville, yeah. Um, yeah. which I don't think they do over Miami if Miami kind of stays on their current track. Um, but yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> that's where I want to go, Gabe. That's where you want to go. Uh, just, just pick the orange bowl. How about that? Yeah, we'll pick the orange <laughs> bowl. That'd be fun. But no, I think that's that's always a kind of a fun thing. And uh, even though Syracuse was kind of they 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 whooped Duke this weekend. I think it was like forty nine to three. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if that's 
I still think they're a really bad they're football really team. Bad but that, football team but that, that that Duke uh, that Duke game, I, I I got nothing for you. I have no clue how that happened. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Think that I don't think I've ever seen a David Cutcliffe team get beat that bad. Um, to be honest with you, I, with the exception of like Alabama or somebody like that, it's it's really strange. I don't think that this is going to be like the sellout type environment that Louisville fans want it to be this weekend. But yeah, I I it, it'll be. I think you'll get a good amount of fans there ready. It's not going to be the best weather. I think it's going to be like in the forties or you know lower fifties. So hopefully there's that, but yeah, that'll be fun. And, and we'll get, we'll have a lot better picture next week. I think um, of the bowl situation and before going into the Kentucky game. Um, I think that's all we got for sports. Yeah. Let's wrap up and and talk about (laughs) some more hysteria in the Highlands. Highlands hysteria, man. It's uh, there's a few stories this week. Um, that we kind of wanted to touch on, which is on this kind of vague idea of Louisville and its identity shifting. Um, there was a feature that came out today uh, from Kevin Gibson in Leo Weekly. You may know Kevin Gibson. He was at Insider Louisville for this. The title of the feature, and we'll put it in the show notes, is Louisville Still Weird? And Was It Ever? And he sort of gives the background of the Keep Louisville Weird movement from uh, John Timmons, who owned Ear Ecstasy. And, t- the, you know, kind of the article talks about all the interesting, uh, you know, unique businesses that, that populated the Highlands. You know, your Wild and Wooly, your Holly Cook booksellers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Lynn's Paradise, blah, blah, blah. Um, but sort of, you know, kind of, a lot of those places, I mean, not even sort of, but I mean, the majority of those places are gone, Chris. And even. Yeah, like, I, I get that, but I, I just don't know where all this is birthed from. Like, okay, a, a Wendy's opens up on Barstown Road, and there's like a Yankee Noodle opens up <laughs> at Barstown Road, and all of a sudden, suddenly, Louisville is like losing their identity as like this this place that, that promotes shop local. I just don't see it that way. You still have people that are opening up you know multiple there's people opening up things like biscuit belly um jimmy can't dance there's still electric lady land there's still jolie antiques um there there's still a lot of like the, unique the, places don't forget Louisville. the perfect day cat cafe my friend yeah. i mean there's there's tons of places and i i just i i don't know what like where people are going with this and while why they feel this way to me like from like a local sense Barstown Road in the Highlands doesn't look any different than it did five years ago. It sucks your ecstasy is gone, and it sucks some of those places have happened. But at some point, that's kind of a reflection of capitalism, and it's going to happen regardless at any point in any city. And it, I don't know, man. It's just so weird to me. Like Leatherneck, the the, the leather place leather has been open yeah. for th- They've been around for three years. It's been around for 30 years, and there's countless of businesses like that that are still prospering. I, I what's the what's the other one? Doo-wop shop. I, I don't know, man. No, but it, I think th- I think this, this kind of goes back to what we, we talked about. I feel like I'm like in the minority. No, or something. no, no. I don't I, think you're in a minority, but I think it is interesting because I think there is two parties, people afoot. There's the people who want, uh, who you know, think that Louisville is going away in some way. And then there's the people who I think want Louisville to change in a way that makes it more like Nashville. And I said two parties, but I think there's three. And then I think there's the people who think that Louisville is kind of, you know, it's just natural 
flow. Things change. I'm 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 sort of in the in in that one. Um, I do think that sometimes I do think some of the people who quote unquote want Louisville, you know, when they when people tell you, oh, I wish Louisville was like this. I wish Louisville was more like Nashville or more like Indianapolis. I think there's like a good 33% of people who tell me that it's like, Oh, I wish Louisville was, you know, had this like Nashville did or had this like Cincy did or had this like Indy does. And I'm always kind of like, well, you know, I think Louisville has things that are unique and cool. And yeah, there's some ways that it, you know, it, it it may not fit the mold that you want it to be, but it, it can be whatever it wants to be. Um, it's just funny to me that in this article that people that are highlighted are people that had businesses previously in Louisville that no longer exist. So obviously they're going to have very defined yeah. feelings about Louisville falling away from this identity. And I get that. Wild and Wooly and Air Ecstasy, I am deeply sad that those places are gone, especially Air Ecstasy, because I freaking that a lot. But I mean, it's like... Yeah, I mean, that wasn't that wasn't based on the fact that Louisville's changing. That was based on the fact that media changed. And, and the article sort of touches what? on that. Um, no, it's, I think... It, I don't know. I, I, I was more bummed by anything of the Joe Lee news. Joe Lee's gallery yeah. down in Nulu. Which is... Uh, it, 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 we've known it's going away for a little bit, but now we finally figured out that it's going to be an office building, which is like the saddest thing to me ever. Yeah. Like, I would have almost honestly been okay with it being a hotel. It's like, at least maybe someone would have been like willing <laughs> to make it look interesting. But it's just going to be an office building. And I like, go, oh, we're keeping some of this stuff for an art gallery. But like, come on. Like, that's just like... That's bougie as hell. And It's just like... I, I think I guess there's a part of people that are like, okay, when you see these subtle changes happening, you must fight it immediately, or else it does become, you know, Nashville, or it comes, holy hell, I would never want to come this, but it becomes Columbus or or, or something like that. Um, yeah. And, and then I see these quotes in this article. It's like, I used to live in Nashville. I do have my concerns about global turning into Nashville when I'm downtown. It's starting to feel a little bit more like Nashville. I. I don't know, man. I don't frequent those places that much. I, I kind of stick in the Germantown, um, Highlands areas. Um, you may be a little bit more familiar with Nulu than me. Yeah, I'm kind of a Nulu head. I, I'm, I'm, I, I like it. I, th- I think there's enough. You see, like to me, there's enough interesting going on there that doesn't feel like it's completely owned by people who have no interest in the city. I mean, Garage Bar is probably the most consistently parked packed bar and i mean it's owned by 21c it was started by you know those guys who are, are from louisville and, and yeah that's an that's now like a multi-state you know you know it's a big conglomerate not a conglomerate but like it's it's a chain of hotels now but it's still it's still owned and run by people that are from here and you know galaxy another bar i really enjoy taj which is i mean taj freaking they put up the the louisville championship banner after that got taken down like like yeah. that's a louisville place like it's not okay it's 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 not a nash it's not the freaking honky talk from nashville it's so, owned by so this is country guy. this is the quote that pissed me off the most I, I i found it it wasn't the one that i was talking about the national one it was this the Highlands is really the only unique pocket in Louisville. No. Butcher, ta- Butcher Town and Shelby Street areas are doing cool things, but the revitalization is what other cities are doing too. I'm not sure we can keep Louisville weird anymore. While there's been a ton of support for my business from the public, I was met with quite a bit of opposition too. And that is from Gina Nobles, who is set to open, I guess, some type of dog bar um, uh, somewhere. 
And, which yeah. is funny because the, the the fact that you're opening a dog bar in a city and you're counting on that to get to to be a yeah, valuable that, talk business. Talk about like to, talk about a very like bougie thing. Like that's like yeah, I I totally disagree with that on so many levels, and that to me sounds like somebody who's not from Louisville, to be honest with you. Um, but man, you know, I, it's, it's super interesting. I I don't know. I think this is a really interesting concept, and I think or just like something I talk a lot with a lot of people about. And and one thing I always tell people is like, Oh, I wish Louisville was like this. And like, well, you know, you, you sort of have the power to do things that you want as well. And I, and that's one thing I've kind of met a lot of people in the last, you know, the last couple of years who are doing really unique things on their own and they're organizing them and they're getting noticed. And like, like you had, um, you, you had, you had that, that hotel opening up downtown, the, the distill moxie hotel and that whole first weekend they had like local djs and people that i kind of tangentially know and you know people who are doing their own things and you know creating their own events and their own you know theme nights and things like that i, I you know i have a kid now so i don't really go to that as much but people are doing unique things and you don't have to look and say okay this became this became a like a you know a kind of hipstery popsicle shop so now this is nashville like yeah that's not how it works and the parts of nashville that are cool are the are the people who are doing interesting things in nashville it's not because of the bars and restaurants and things they're opening it's because of the people and the organizations that they're creating i think it's more of a reflection of people that have lived in certain pockets of louisville becoming older i I don't want to say it's like a boomer moment but becoming (laughs) older and things are changing and they just don't like it because you're at a weird weird place with people in the highlands who seemingly for the most part try to think of a better way to phrase it but i don't think i can that don't want to treat homeless people like humans Um, (laughs) and that's that's a totally different thing if there's a homeless person outside they need to go in the next door app and say a crime's being committed Um, and that's happening a lot in, 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 in the Highlands. Um, and to me, that's some of the more beautiful parts of Louisville, Louisville's weirdness is that these people can coexist with, with common people on this street. Yeah. Um, and that, I, I think the people that are saying, you know, Louisville's changing, well, maybe you should embrace some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. more about, I, I, yes. I think our, our, our thesis here is yes, Louisville is changing, but it's not for the negative ways that you think just because it's changing from what your idea of it is. Doesn't mean it's becoming something you've, you've always feared it would become. That's a good way to end it. I think that's a good um, way to end it. We have a few other topics. Is there any one that you wanted to get here before we go? Or you just want to say them? I think we should talk. Do you want to talk about the city Jersey? Cause I feel like everyone's t- that's like this week, like it's happening this week. So yeah, then, let's talk right about there. that and then James Wiseman real quick. So okay. I, I don't know if people saw on the internet that uh, all all the NBA teams get a quote unquote city jersey, which is like a unique jersey um, that isn't really their color style and it's supposed to fit a unique city identity for them. For example, everyone loved to make fun of the fact that Milwaukee's says uh, Cream City and it's a, <laughs> a unique cream color and. Uh, People were making some jokes about that, as as should be expected on Twitter.com. So, Chris, I wanted to ask you, and I don't think you're allowed to say. I don't think we should. We should say Derby City, even though I haven't thought about this at all. What What would be the Louisville basketball city jersey edition? 
Um, for Gonzo Gonzo Town with a uh, Ralph Stedman artwork on it. Gonzo Town would be good. I like that a lot. Uh, you might you um, just win I, right there. I think. I, I, like a I Ralph think Stedman. We'll, we'll, like yeah. <laughs> I think Louisville embraces the the Muhammad Ali thing a lot, and I love that they do. But I, I think they forget about a few. I'm, yeah, I more so brought this up because I kind of just wanted to say that I think we got to take a break with embracing. We we did horses. I don't think embracing is the right word. That was my fault. Yeah, embracing is no, but like making having to make everything to be about either a horses or b Muhammad Ali. Like we don't have to overuse those cards. Those are great cards, and we shouldn't wear them out. And that would be interesting. Gonzo would be interesting. I feel like the river. We don't give enough love to the river. <laughs> I love that. That's that's a that's a good quote. Well, we don't give of, enough love to the, the river. That's the, gonna be the quote. That's gonna be the title of this 40 podcast. Forty episodes now. That we don't we, give we enough to love sit, to the river. We need to sit down and, and do a top ten list of the quotes on this podcast. That will absolutely be in the top ten. Oh man! I feel like we don't give enough love to the river. I love it. That is a good quote. Uh, yeah, so I, my thing would be Dude, river I, I, I don't know if it'd be River City and like some interesting blue. If we can incorporate the Third Street Bridge and like the the tractor trailers just running into them and just no one would have any idea what we're talking about, but that would be great. And now that now that the other like quote unquote Bridge of Death, which was like or the overpass of death in I think it was in Raleigh, North Carolina, they're changing theirs. So now we have the real overpass of death. We should yeah. cherish that for sure. That would be yeah. a great jersey, especially given it be UVL related. Riverlink, <laughs> come get you know, you know, cross the bridge. Four months later, here's your bill. Like, let's make that show up on a jersey. Um, yeah, I think we came up with some good ones. We came up with some good ones. Uh, I want to hear James Wiseman take. Let's leave on that. So. James Wiseman. Let's be clear. He's he's out for 12 games as of right now, right? And he has to pay right. 11500 to a quote-unquote charity. So go ahead. I just want to make sure people know. <laughs> My thing is that James Wiseman, no matter how dumb you think the rules are, should have been suspended Uh-oh. because this is a pretty ironclad shut-in-case deal. He took money from somebody that was clearly labeled as a booster. And I like, okay, like my thing is in a larger sense, if we meet every decision that the NCAA makes with just outrage and outrage and outrage, it draws no intention to the particularly egregious decisions that they make because it's the same reaction every time. Yeah. So like uh, the the money thing, people are like, oh my gosh, they're going to make a college student pay twelve thousand dollars back first of all james wiseman is going to be a multi-millionaire in like four months bro like he could get yeah. he could get a loan from uh, any bank with a pulse who would give him probably a splitted interest rate because they know what he's about to be i hate that he's gonna have to pay it back i think it's absolutely stupid and i think the rules are ridiculous but this is standard procedure he's not the first guy who's had to pay back money you know, to a charity, which is, you know, a, a whole other thing. But like, he should, like, the charity is like the day, the, <laughs> the James Wiseman, I'm paying myself on June the 1st charity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, just I'm putting this, this money in escrow charity. Th- this just wasn't a great thing. Like, 
Penny Hardway gives him money when he's 14, 15 years old to help move. Penny Hardway has already been labeled as a booster from Memphis because he donates to the program. And at that point, according to Gary Parrish, who has a lot of connections in Memphis, he does a radio series, right. he's lived there. A lot of people in Memphis circles thought he would be the Memphis head coach someday. So, like, like I hate the NCAA, but at the same time, if you're going to react egregiously to everything that they do, no one's ever going to take any any credence in what you say. Like, how about get really mad at them taking a banner from a school, you know, when they fire their whole department? How about that? Be, be mad about that. But this situation, to me, I don't know, man. He, he, he should have been suspended. Memphis should have set him. And I hope Penny Hardway gets some type of uh, punishment because this was a situation to where the NCAA was clearly saying this guy's ineligible and Memphis was like, screw you, we're going to play him anyway. Okay, you do that, you should deal with the consequences. My biggest question is from the NCAA, if I want to be critical, is why now? Why is he ineligible now? Why wasn't he declared ineligible at the beginning of the season? Oh, what changed? Told on him. Yeah, but to, to me, they could have done the due diligence on all of this stuff. I'm pretty sure th- this was already looked into by the NCAA. But I, maybe I'm incorrect, but I thought this was already looked into the NCAA at the beginning of the season and they had cleared him. I thought my understanding they went, was that they didn't really understand the extent of this because no one had really thought to think that it was something. Yeah, maybe not. That, I mean, that, but that's I might kind be of a, completely that, wrong because I that, that, didn't didn't his lawyers basically blame Cal Perry. Yeah, that was a whole other thing. I mean, that, that, I, I mean, that, I, who am I to say that a a man of the law is incorrect? That that, that that's kind of like b- b- beside the point. My my thing is like I don't know. I just we do this with everything because it's Twitter dot com, but everything has just this loud chorus of rage, and yeah. and people don't really want to understand the situations. And I just think there's a lot more egregious decisions that the NCA will make this year that you can get a lot more of in arms and about. I'm not sure that this is the one you need to freak out about. No, I, I, I don't, I don't think you're right. And Hey, like, uh, don't, don't think that I didn't notice that this dude got, got 12 games for $11,000 and Louisville players received $3,000 worth of benefits and had to give up right. a national championship. Let me just say, don't think I didn't notice that. I, and that's what we should be out here hammering. We shouldn't be out here saying, oh my gosh, poor James Wiseman's got to pay $12,000 back. No, we should be pointing out the double standard that, that how Louisville's been treated. And that, that's that's kind of my thing. We aren't, Louisville, we aren't Louisville conspiracy theory guys. Let's be clear. <laughs> we aren't those guys. And let's just say we pointed this out. I I am. I saw a few, I think it was Pat Forty. Um, you know, Pat Forty was saying that teams aren't scared of the NCAA anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just, I, I, I'm not ready, you know, not that, I don't believe that because I think people still, the, the, the school still benefits so much from the NCAA. Like, I'll believe it when I see it, that they're tired of the NCAA, right? Like, this when, when this, when someone, right. some president, the president of my, of Memphis comes out and says, you know what, we don't need them, you know? And we've got the conferences and we can use that like, you know, federation of conferences to manage athletics. So I am, you know, I, I don't want to hear you say, oh, the 
I don't want to hear anyone say that that, that the presidents are, are ready to rebel into the NCAA until the first shot is taken. Because I, I don't I until it is it is of benefit for these schools to have the NCAA and until someone actually makes an action. So I just don't believe I, I, I don't I don't believe that at all. I just wanted to make that note for sure. Yeah. <laughs> As Chris tweets, James Heisman James Heisman <laughs> takes on the pot tonight. Um, I think no, that's man, yeah. I, I, any last I any just, last words before we move on? I don't know. I just feel pretty strongly about this. I I don't want everything that happens to the NCA to be met with the same reaction every time because I think it doesn't draw any attention. No, I think much. you're right. I think we've reached a point in NCAA discourse that it's everyone is so over overwhelmingly against the NCAA that there's no nuance. I think that's yeah. an absolutely fair take, and that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we should just end the podcast it that sucks. sucks have some nuance about the <laughs> thanks NCAA. for listening because like even and like let's be clear like even still yes if the pairs get played stuff that doesn't fix this issue you know that right and, and it, just like you were saying if like I, I, I'm with you I don't think there's ever going to be a situation where schools are like we're just going to leave the NCAA we don't need them I'll believe I wish they it. would and, but I just I don't believe it until it happens is my in point in some respect you're still going to need the NCAA so or the something answer like isn't it. right the answer isn't just you know fuck them <laughs> for for better like a term yeah, no 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 I, question I mean, there's, there's got to be some type of dialogue here that happens from both sides and in this particular situation the rules are wrong, but the NCAA handled them correctly. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair take. It's a hot take, but it's fair. <laughs> and I think I think that's all we've got <laughs> tonight. Thank you for listening. No, thank you for listening, everyone. Any any last words before we, we cut this puppy out? Nah, man. I'm, a, I'm about out of breath. Man, about so. out of breath. Uh, we're going to pod for sure uh, at some point next week. I know Chris is going to be out of town and the holidays are happening. Uh, hope everyone enjoys a, a good, you know, should be a good weekend of Louisville Athletics Saturday and Sunday. Both got some going on, and uh, we didn't, eat, man, not 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 to talk for five more minutes, uh, but we didn't even cover that. Little, we're not, you know, we've always said about Louisville women's basketball that we're not the experts, and we don't want to. We feel like there's a lot of people pretend to be experts about women's basketball and do a poor job of it, so we don't want to be those people. Uh, but I, I think that the the recruit that they got, uh, Haley Van Lith, I think her name is. She's a baller. Is a baller and uh, is good buddies with Kobe. So can't wait for that. Uh, yeah. So shout out to, to, <laughs> to Jeff Walls on that. But uh, And with that, we'll close this thing out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>